someone who is disconnected from their womb space, that means that they're disconnected from their life essence, their life force, their creativity, their sensuality. So there are so many threads that can emerge from a disconnect of that. And of course, living in a society where disconnect is the theme, right? Or disassociation. So things that happen in our, in our experience and also that we inherit from our lineages have shut down our womb power or womb access or womb vision and our womb knowing. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. We are coming strong for the new year with such, such good episodes. Today's episode is gonna be fantastic. I got a lot to talk to you about. How many of you out there have ADHD or even trouble focusing? We gotta go into the why behind it. If you've been diagnosed with ADHD, someone you love diagnosed with ADHD, we gotta go into the why. But more importantly, what is at the root of ADHD? Right? It's not just the manifestation of it, there's something at the root, we're gonna go into it. I'm gonna speak about the things that are gonna exacerbate it, especially from the food and lifestyle side, and talk about the things that are gonna improve these symptoms and really start getting to the root. But before that, oh man, I got a great, 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 great guest. All right, look, womb healing. This is one of the most deepest, deepest, deepest things I'm seeing from an emotional plane. A lot of women are carrying so much trauma in their womb, holding on to it from the emotional standpoint, and it's disconnecting women from their health. Now look, fellas out there, we got women we love, right? A mom, a girlfriend, a wife, this is the show for them. This is essential to understand. When it comes to the womb, beyond just the emotional standpoint, that is where power is coming from, life force energy. And the connection is one of the biggest things I'm seeing in emotional release, a massive disconnect from a woman in her womb, and it's manifesting issues reproductively hormonally, sexually, intimacy, all of these things super important. So look, you came here today and we're coming with the fire. Thank you as always for showing up as you do. If this is your first time or your 101st time, I appreciate you so much. Let's get into the show. I can't wait to give you guys this information here. All right, everyone, welcome to today's episode. Look, I've been talking a lot about these emotional components to healing, how the emotional ties into the physical manifestations of disease. And remember, we here in medicine love looking at the physical. That's our magnifying glass. We totally disregard what's more upstream, and that's the emotional components. Now, in my work, I've been seeing a lot of women who come in and have deep-rooted core wounds in their womb. That is one of the core, core, core wounds that I'm seeing manifested as physical issues, especially reproductive issues, painful periods, pain around sex, lower back pain. Now, guess what? We got a womb expert on our show, Annabelle Viscana. She is the <laughs> womb, I'm telling you, the womb guru, man. She is like so well read on the womb, so well studied on the womb, and now working with all her clients to connect them back to their womb, the things I've been talking about for so long, and now we got the womb shaman right here to talk about all things womb, womb healing, connecting back to your womb so you see the deepest, 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 deepest healing. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Was that Thank an intro you. for you? That wasn't quite the intro. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, it, it is, it's my honor Thank to sit you. here with someone who 
is doing deep work. Because now, if we talked last year, I wouldn't have known how deep the womb is implicated in physical health. Mm-hmm. Now with the work that I've been doing, womb keeps coming up. Disconnect from the womb. Womb, womb. It's like coming, it's talking to me saying, hey, connect this person back to their womb, this woman. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the womb, can a disconnect from the womb be causing physical disease for a person? Yes. So that's the, the, the quick answer, yes. And so much of it is the disconnect from our creative power. And of course, someone who is disconnected from their womb space, that means that they're disconnected from their life essence, their life force, their creativity, their sensuality. So there are so many threads that can emerge from a disconnect of that. And of course, living in a society where disconnect is the theme, right? Or disassociation. So things that happen in our, in our experience and also that we inherit from our lineages have shut down our womb power or womb access or womb vision and our womb knowing or what ancients would call gnosis. Mm. So yes, absolutely. And not only can it um, create ailments, illness, but it also creates a forgetting, you know, a forgetting of our true source and what our true birthright as a human being in the body can create in the world. It's, it is so powerful when you tune in energetically mm-hmm. to a womb. It is so powerful. But you mm-hmm. said a few things. Uh, the, there's different traumas that are blocking the womb from being fully expressed in its own power and its creative yes. self and its source energy. You mentioned the lineage, the generational one, and then things that happen really through life. Mm-hmm. What sort of things are a lot of women out there, people out there suffering with when it comes to blockages in the womb? What's happening? Wow. So where do you want to start? Because there is physical things, there's emotional and there's spiritual things. All right? of them. Let's go physical. Uh, okay. Let's start physical. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, um, a lot of... Um, Um, reproductive things that are happening. So infertility, um, a lot of um, issues around the cycle, um, a lot of pain and and so, so much. It's very fascinating because if you, uh, well, this is your field, but if you really look into uh, women who go in for womb things, you know, like they, they have ovary pain, they have endometriosis, they have all these different things that have only gotten worse in, these, in the last decade. The first thing or one of the first things that a doctor will suggest is you don't want to have kids, let's take out your womb. Right. Let's give you a hysterectomy. And that's because in the medical system, there's not a lot of research and studies around the womb and and how it creates illness and how to heal it. And so much of it is, is, is again, you go deeper because it's almost like layered. For me, when somebody presents a physical symptom, it already is in its manifested state, right? And everything, we know that everything begins in the, on an energetic level. So it went through its energy level already and its suppression where it wasn't listened to. So then it gets louder and then it gets louder. Mm-hmm. And then now it manifests an illness because of what the body is saying is, hey, listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to make you sit there and listen to me. All right, I want to talk about something I do for my health, 
It's a little practice, right? It's a food practice, and I'm doing it every single day, and it's so important. Now, it's been helpful for my energy, it's been helpful for my focus, and I've been on it for about a year now. Can you guess what it is? Man, I talk about it all the time anyway. Athletic Greens. Now, it doesn't taste super healthy, and what I mean by that is that it doesn't taste like dirt, it doesn't taste like grass, it doesn't taste like earth, right? It tastes mild, tropical, but it's healthy. That's the ironic part. So you're getting this green powder that tastes good, that can be part of your morning ritual, and it's got 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it tastes good. And it's going to help support better sleep quality, recovery during the day, mental clarity and alertness. And it's a small micro habit. You do it a little bit, right? Take a little bit of the powder, drink it every single day. Before you know it, you start feeling better and you go, whoa, I'm feeling pretty focused. I'm feeling pretty good. It's the thing you do every single day to take care of yourself. You know, I only partner with brands that I truly believe in. Athletic Greens is one of them. They're a great company and they're focused on sustainability. For one, they are a climate neutral certified company. In 2020, they purchased carbon credits that supported projects protecting old growth rainforests. Now, additionally, for every purchase, they donate to organizations that are helping get nutritious food to children, including No Kid Hungry here in the United States. And in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. So let's make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year, 365 days, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash heal thyself. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash heal thyself to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, everyone, I want to talk about my Birch Bed, my Birch Living. This is a partner I've been working with for more than a year now. Sleep is so important to me. I'm always excited to talk about Birch because I love them. They're great. Birch is a premium mattress in a box company. They make mattresses and sleep products that are stylish, comfortable, and environmentally conscious. They have an organic, non-toxic mattress, and it's made right here in the United States. And for me, it was super important to choose a mattress that was organic and made of natural materials because I knew that I was going to sleep comfortably. Knowing that I'm avoiding all that harmful off-gassing from all of the nasty chemicals in manufacturing. Now, Birch Mattress is Green Guard Gold certified. That means they're testing for all those chemicals that are volatile that you breathe in for the life of the bed, not just the first month, not just the first two months. It's there for all those nasty conventional beds that really smell. I've had my Birch mattress now for a year. I love it. What I love most is how breathable it is. For one, you feel cool at night, right? You're not sweating. You're not waking up through the night and every morning in a puddle. I love how supportive it is for my pressure points. I feel like I'm sleeping on a pillow. It's allergen and mildew resistant, and it's made of raw materials sourced straight from nature. Now, with Birch, you get a 100-night sleep trial. You get a 25-year warranty, and if it makes you nervous to buy something that you haven't, you get more than three months to make sure you love it. You sleep on this bed three months. You love it, you keep it. You don't, they're going to come pick it up from you for a full refund. Now, the best part is, is that Birch delivers right to your door, free within the United States. It comes rolled up in a box and super easy to set up yourself. Now, I love my Birch mattress. I think you will too. So if you're looking for a new bed, check out Birch. You can click the link below. Go to birchliving.com slash thyself and get $400 off of your mattress and two free pillows. Thank you, Birch. And so this is why a lot of people 
uh, or a lot of women will actually come into their their womb awareness if if we come to that um, through illness and through some sort of ailment that now has taken them to to look because even as you said right before we started the show it's like we think of our wombs because we have a period, right? So it's like, oh yeah, my or or we have cramps and it's so annoying and and so many so much of the time that's as far as we go. But uh, painful periods are not normal. You know, that's not something that's like, oh yeah, just you know, pop a pill and it'll go away, because the womb is such an intelligent organ. It's our most porous organ. And it holds so much wisdom. But what we don't know is how to actually work with this ancient energy, with this, you know, this aspect that has been held sacred in so many indigenous traditions. And that it's also, it's more so, for me, the womb, when I speak of it, there is a physical organ. But more than anything, it's like a, a, a portal to spirit. Mm. You know, this is where we are all born from a womb. There is no organic human that does not come from the womb. So the intelligence that is held there with that creative power, you know, that's what we are carrying around without even noticing it, you know, without even caring about it unless it's like a pain or an ache or something like that. So, yeah, that's that's the physical start. Like there are so many, um, you know, endometriosis, pain, uh, PCOS, you know, all these different ailments that, that are womb-related that are now very loud. Yeah, I'm happy we started with the physical because it is more the end of the road, the downstream yes. stuff. And I'm so happy you said before that is all of these things, the energetic. And mm-hmm. my favorite part is talking about how the body is talking to you. Mm-hmm. It is saying, it's whispering first. So you're like, oh, I feel a little bit off. Yes. Right? Then the next year it's speaking a little louder and you're like, oh, wow, what is this? Now I'm being diagnosed with a heavy period. Mm-hmm. Now a painful period. Now endometriosis, right? Over and over and the body saying, screaming, saying, stop, Mm -hmm. please connect to me. And that's the beautiful part. The connection starts the healing. But we are so guilty in medicine. You come in, you're my patient. I say, hey, what's going on? I see your labs here. Your hormones are off and you're telling me you have painful periods. Okay, I'm going to put you on this medication. And if it doesn't do anything in the next six months, we're going to have to take it out. Mm -hmm. Right? That's Mm -hmm. wild. That's wild to me to even hear um, how uneducated we are in medicine when it comes to healing somebody with reproductive hormonal menstrual issues. Mm. We're so far away. And that's why I'm happy to have someone like you here to talk about the deeper stuff. Now, let's move to the emotional part. Mm-hmm. This is this is the part that I love, the juicy part. Mm-hmm. But let's what are we seeing now? Okay, the physical has manifested, but we ain't listening. What is what is the womb communicating with us earlier upstream? Mm-hmm. You know, majority of the times, and again, each womb is so unique in what it has experienced and carries, right? Um, each of our upbringings. So you can kind of say like, you know, you and I are human, but we have very different upbringings. We have different backgrounds, all of those things. And when it comes to what our womb is communicating, so much of the time is, is telling us where there is a blockage, where there is obstruction, where, the, where there is constriction, contraction. Um, And what I see a lot is boundaries. You know, that's a huge one. So it's the inability to have healthy boundaries. It just accumulates and, and, you know, and it's saying like, hey, I need need a downtime for this. I need space. It's not all work. It's not all hustle. You know, I need some care. So there's there's so much of that. And and within that, what, what I've discovered 
myself and my own journey and with my clients is that it does begin with the physical aspect, right? And we're like, okay, let's see how can we address this and we get support, some sort of support system to do that. And then it drops them into like, how does it feel there? Like, how does it feel when I connect to that voice, that inner voice that's there, that inner sage, because really our womb is like the medicine woman space, right? So when I sit with her, can I sit and meditate and, and, and tune, into, tune into that cyst, uh, tune into, you know, that endometriosis? Mm-hmm. What is the message there? And for me, I feel like this is a, an ability that we have that's an innate human ability, but that we have forgotten. So it's kind of like uh, any muscle, you know, we've got we've to bring a relationship aspect to it and start courting it, you know, and and creating the space to listen even when it has nothing to say. Because sometimes, you know, like you said, the womb will be screaming, like, help me, I need this. But sometimes the womb will be silent because it hasn't been listened to. So it's now saying, I hi, I, I got nothing for you, you know? And so it's, so it's our duty, our sacred duty to our health and our well-being that says, let me begin to nourish a relationship with that womb gnosis, with that womb voice, and begin there and, and have patience. Just like, any, like building any relationship, it takes time, it takes practice, and it takes the willingness to do that. Yeah, beautiful. The way I usually think about that is this, it's like, when we were kids, we were best friends with our body, right? We knew when to poop, we knew when to climb a tree, we knew when to dance, we knew when to sing, we knew when to eat, we knew when to cry, everything. Mm-hmm. And then that, that not disconnect, because we're always kind of connected to it, but we kind of turned our back and walked away from our best friend as we got older. Mm-hmm. And we thought we knew better, right? And then we start trumping it with things that we start suppressing and, and you know, bringing in anxieties and all these things. And I think about like a neighbor, and you haven't been in that neighbor's house in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. But that neighbor and you were best friends when you were kids, man. You were doing everything together. You were sort of like in sync. You go up, you go up, they down, down. It's like mirror images of each other, right? The connection is like uncanny. Mm-hmm. And now we're submitting to people, hey, you got to make friends back with your womb, back with your body. You got to knock on that door. And it's not going to answer for a long time. You got to knock every single day mm-hmm. over and over until there's a little creak at the door and being like, who are you? I don't remember you. I don't want to talk to you. Closes the door, right? Until you build that connection back, mm-hmm. until you reunite. And that's the most beautiful part because what you just said is how I think about it is the womb always, or the body just talking to you, talking to you. Um, mm-hmm. The emotions behind it. And that's powerful when you think about someone when they get really quiet and they put their hand right where they have pain. Mm-hmm. You really get them into their intuition, they know. They already know. Mm-hmm. I know. I think about this client I had, she touched her hip, she had her hand on her hip, we were tuning in for so long. She was moving her body, feeling it, and then I go, what, what's here? What emotion? Sadness. I was like, I, I didn't say it, you said it, mm-hmm. right? And that's the power of coming connecting. So do you see a lot of that in the womb? What emotions are you usually seeing? Aside from boundaries and like standing tall and being like, I don't want this, right. are there any other emotions you're seeing manifesting in that area? Yeah, so... If we go deeper, I always like to think of, you know, the journey to the womb is a womb, is a journey of descent. You know, we are going down into, and we're so many, so many paths teach us how to bring up the energy, right? So it's kind of like bring up the kundalini and like, you know, and, and imagine that you're coming from your belly up into your crown chakras. And 
and so many of the paths um, are based on models that are that are um, not so feminine energy friendly. And for me, feminine energy always descends. You know, it descends to ascend is what I call it. Like we must make that descent. And when we go into into that womb, and you know, we go, we peel off one layer, we peeled off another layer. And what I find usually are the guardians at this kind of holding that space. It will be rage, it will be grief, it will be sexual trauma, it will be things that happened that were so painful and so, you know, that perhaps even at that age, we couldn't make out what that meant, yeah. what that was. And that is there and it, it, you know, and it's contracted. And so everything on that has built on top of that has been these layers of protection or coping mechanisms and strategies to not look at that. So, in my work, we work a lot with diving into the grief, diving into that rage that is there. Because until that energy is liberated, we truly do not have access to that life force. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and again, I, I feel like we are constantly being called to disassociate, even through meditation practices, you yeah. know? Leave the body. Leave the body, transcend the body, you know, enlightenment's up there, you know? And so, so it's almost like mimicking what happened with, with, uh, with religion, where it was all of a sudden like we're cut in half. It's like the lower half is sinful and unnecessary and leave it behind and never talk about it. And it's only good for children and you know that and and then the other the, the other half was like the maternal the loving you know this this kind of heart opening service you know thinking of others and so woman for me when I see that or you know not just women but the feminine body because this is something that's very real for men as well yeah you know has been living from this cut off space so you either can be loving and in service and everyone likes you you know and being nice or you can be erotic and sexual and wild but it's very rare that we can be both right or that that's even acceptable and so for me I feel like the womb kind of unifies that it brings back this wild energy of the feminine essence that, you know, it loves pleasure, loves eroticism, loves to self-express, loves this wildness, but also holds that blueprint of creation, of care, of nourishment, of love, of, you know, and, and I often say, you know, I, I, I love to look at it in a, um, I, I, I like closing my eyes because I get visuals of like what I'm saying, yeah. but, you know, even we have like our mentor mind and then you know a lot of the times it's like okay we're i i, I know that there's a better way i want to live better i want to forgive i want to move on all these things so it's like now we move into the heart journey right so it's like opening my heart let me open my heart okay i see that there's something greater there's another vibration i can be living at other than just that mental plane right yeah. so now we're we're in the heart but then what happens is that typically we stop there. We stop at that heart journey and we never truly go down into the darkness, which is the womb, you know, down into where the shadow lands at, where the wasteland has been, you know. And so, and so when we go from that heart space now into the womb space, we reclaim the power of creation because 
Now we can see what are the deeper traumas and, you know, that are that I don't put myself first, that I don't love myself, that I, you know, think uh, productivity is what gives me value or like what are the things that that uh, that give me that. And so when we begin to work through those deeper uh, ailments, through those deeper things and even inherited, because there's a lot of lineage work that goes into that. There's I really don't feel and have not experienced like a woman who's working with her womb that does not that is not in lineage work itself because again we were formed in the we were an egg in our grandmother's womb mm-hmm. you know so we have existed before we were even born so it it's like wombs within wombs within wombs mm-hmm. and and what we call the mother line you know and so we're inherited a lot of you know dreams but also a lot of pain and repressed things from our mothers and that 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 we're experiencing we're carrying this birthright around you know but when we never examine it we don't know what can i keep to allow me to fulfill my potential and what is it time to be buried and given back to the earth so that it can be rebirth you know mm. so it's a it's a it's a really beautiful a uh, journey to see when a woman can embrace and open to those things that are not um uh, embraced by society or by others because you know people don't they see someone crying and what's the first thing we do hey are you okay yeah. you know because why it's not necessarily that yes we do care about that person but it brings up a discomfort in us you know that's like stop it because you're making me uncomfortable now you know and you're bringing up what's repressed in me through your tears so you know so it's it's when we begin to really embrace that pa- that wild nature and power of the feminine we're going to see that we we're moving through that rage we're moving through that grief we're moving through that sexuality through that lust you know all of these things because um sexual trauma you know really comes a lot of times from repressed desires that we are we are desire nature you know that's what human beings are desire nature is just can we get into alignment with what is healthy and what isn't mm-hmm. we're driven by it so it's so incredible to think about the breakdown that you said of the modern woman being cut in half mm-hmm. right and a lot of just the way the world is women have to be in their head. Mm-hmm. They got to be in their head. They got to go I got to execute and initiate this at work and, and you know be in this masculine self. But yeah. then like the femininity kind of stops at the heart like you said. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, I'm soft and I can I can be really sweet and you know nurturing on some parts." But my god, if we talk about your sexuality, we talk mm-hmm. about your wants, your needs, your desires, right? The shame that you may hold. Ooh, no, no wild woman. No, we can't get what society is not going to be able to hold. this wild woman and yes. you know when I when I work with clients I say I want you to know that there's a woman of the woods that is yelling on top of a mountain with messed up hair with tears coming down her eyes drool coming out of her mouth yelling right now and I hear her from miles away being like there's a wild woman in this woods yeah right that it's nowhere else but here it's like the stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. from society and from parents teachers whoever says you can't be do say or have all of this yeah. it became shut down right cultures religion as you mentioned um so as la loba la loba right <laughs> as as a woman descends deeper mm-hmm. past the heart right mm-hmm. past the heart easy for most women to get to their heart right yes. I, i see women lay down on this for release me. table yes. they cry no problem <laughs> they go oh i'm sad okay yes. but then we start getting deeper and they go no 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 no, yeah. no right 
How does a woman start to make that sacred descent to the depth of who she is mm -hmm. so she can come back and embody who she really is? Yeah. Um, I would say the most important thing is that, um, that we're honest with ourselves. You know, because I think that, you know, this is where we have, um, it's, it's very fascinating because I feel like most, um, most of us journey deeper through crisis. You know, that's when it's kind of like, well, I don't have a choice, so I'm just going to make the descent, right? Um, and that's something that I really aim at, at changing and at shifting, like where rather than waiting for the crisis, embrace this aspect of consciously journeying to the depths, Right. And how do we make that journey is that first we have to be willing, you know, and we have to be honest that the things that uh, we may see there, we may not like, you know, and also it may not feel good, you know, because there's this aspect of I, I want to heal myself and I want to do this, but it's, it's like this hope of I'm going to be better. Yet that better doesn't come right away at times, right? Because there's still a lot of, like we said, there's a lot of... Um, inventory that has to be taken into like, what has been, what are the stories that you've been running? What are the ways or the habits that you've developed that are no longer serving and, and also need their time to go? So I, I would, you know, say that it's so important to just be honest about what are the changes I want to see in my life? And what is it going to take for me to, 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 um, to really commit to that? And it's not going to feel good. And I'm okay with that because it hurts more to stay how I am and to live this lackluster life than it does to go in there and, and you know, kind of clean up and do what it takes so that I can emerge now in a more refreshed, in a more authentic way. Yeah. Right, because there's, and, and, and you, I'm sure you had so many moments of feeling this, like aligning to your authenticity, there is nothing like that. You know, those moments of like absolute fulfillment, that's true wealth, you know, that not, not the wealth that we're being, right. you know, shown out there of like, you know, it's, it, it looks like this, this is the image. Because again, until we return to that internal source, we are looking at the external to source those things that can only come from the depths, which is happiness, joy, you know, the authenticity, feeling in alignment, feeling aliveness, healthy sexuality. Yeah. That's not going to come from the external, right? Never. So, so it's it's it, it's it's almost like looking at not only how would I, not only how would I benefit from making that journey of descent, but rather, what is it going to cost me if I don't? Mm. And really leading the journey with that. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's like, come what may, as I like to say a lot, it's like, come what may, that's, that's what I've committed to and that's where I'm going, so. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're in this part of the land that is the most painful part and you're like, you know what, it can't be worse than this. I'm going down there, I don't know what's over there. It's, I see the woods, it's really dark and scary, but it ain't worse than this and I'm tired yeah. of being here. Yeah. And the authenticity part is everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's not only wealth, it's the true health. Yes. I always tell people it's very hard for disease to live in a body that is fully fulfilled and authentic. Yeah. Right? You're so vibrant. Your immune system is so strong. Your hormones mm. are popping off in the best way, right? Yeah. Uh, that authenticity for me is the core of health. Yes. It doesn't get deeper. Yes. It doesn't get deeper. And again, going back to the way we practice medicine, look how disconnected we are from literally what health is. 
a true doctor will sit with someone and go, look at them and go, okay, we got a journey to take, mm-hmm. right? Aside from the external stuff, we'll, we'll give you some good diet stuff, we'll give you some good supplements. My God, we got to take a journey and it's, I'll be there with you, but, but a lot of this is going deep into your own stuff and then coming out into the most authentic self. And like yeah. you said, there's scary stuff. There's grief in there, there's anger in there, rage mm-hmm. even more, you know, dramatic. Yes. The guilt, the shame, and, and but, but coming out of that, those moments, I mean, I've seen it. People are like, oh my God, I feel so clear. Oh my God, this is how I feel. This is how it's supposed to feel. Yes. And I'm like, there you are. Yes. There you are. That's what's under all of that. You're here. Welcome back. Your authenticity is who you're supposed to be. Yeah. This is how you're supposed to feel when you wake up in the morning. So, okay. So we have people viewing, listening, and they go, whoa. Okay. I, I'm going to give her a call after this show. I'm going <laughs> to work with her. But also... The people who can't, or the people who are in, in Yugoslavia right now, or something, <laughs> right? Nigeria, how do, what, what can they do at home? How do, how do women right now at home start just connecting? Is there anything that they can do? There's a very simple practice to start connecting, and, uh, and I love this practice so much, and that is to begin uh, yoni steaming. And what is it called? Yoni steaming. Okay. So it's vaginal steaming. This and I don't know about. Yoni is a Sanskrit word for vagina, right? Or for mm-hmm. that. And so um, there's there's an ancient practice of this, this steaming where you um, get herbs, nourishing herbs, and you have this little ritual with yourself where you sit over this steam for about 10 minutes and you connect to that area of the body. And what it's doing is that it, it's really... Not only is it bringing your presence there, because a lot of times it's even hard to connect to that area, yeah. you know, and, and, and so when we're having those sensations, and most of the time, let's be honest, the only time that we're having sensations is we're having sex, if we're talking anything sexual, right, um, or we're going to the restroom or, you know, something the like periods. that. But to truly yeah. begin to see that as like our, our, like our flower of life, Really, you know, and so when we are, and, and, and I always suggest this practice because it has many benefits. It has the physical benefits of working with herbs, you know, and nourishing the tissue, but also that, that ability to have sensations there. And what I find with this very powerful practice, because it seems very simple, but it's yeah. very powerful, is that women will begin to have memories come. And they'll begin to feel emotions. They'll begin to cry. You know, and, and, what, and the way I see it is, you explained this so beautifully when you were talking about authenticity, is that for me, what I, what I feel is like what we're doing is we're restoring the living waters of our, of our body, right? The, the, the not stagnant, which is what creates disease, right? But, and when we're doing that, we're working with the elements of steam, we're working with the elements of the herbs, you know, so we are bringing an aspect of that wild woman in the woods, you know, to, right. to, to such a practical practice. And, and yes, I mean, it's, it's amazing, like the memories that will surface because again, it's softening the tissue that a lot of times is very tight or contracted. And as well as tissue holds memory, you know? We, we know this with our like body work mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. fascia mm-hmm. work, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's, what it's doing, it's, it's really softening, it's bringing that. And so that's a really practical shamanic practice <laughs> to that anyone can do anywhere in the world and it's super super easy to connect to that that womb space mm, i'm thinking about 
literally the steam, just bringing your awareness there. Imagine women who are having emotions just because they brought awareness there. That just shows me how disconnected, how far away, yeah. you know, literally in our head we are. The fur- one of the furthest places from the yoni, mm-hmm. as you say, yeah. right, in, our, in the head. And, and just steam bringing your awareness back, yeah. right? You're doing a ritual and uh, I never heard of this. Mm-hmm. I know yoni, I know the, the yoni <laughs> eggs and all that other stuff. Yes. But yoni steaming. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, someone viewing or listening, is this like they look up online how to do it or do you have like some information mm-hmm. on it anywhere? I have information on it but, and also you can, I mean, this is something that now like a lot of people are uh, putting out there and, right. you know, so you can look it up online and, and kind of get that. Uh, very important that it's organic, you know, because that's one thing that, yeah, advice. organic herbs, um, especially for that, you know, that area that's so sensitive. But And let's think about it. Mm-hmm. How often does a woman's yoni feel steam? How often does it feel the aromatics yes. of nature? Yes. Right? And this yes. is the wild Open, woman, right? The openness. openness. And, and it's so awesome that you bring that up because I remember when I first started doing that practice, like just even sitting there with no underwear on and just being like that, like it, it was bringing up so much shame. Like, wow. hey, cross your legs, bring your legs together, like put something on, you know, right. it's like, because only, again, it's like only for sex or to go to the toilet, you know, and other than that, it's not, so it's it's almost this, this also this aspect of of sovereignty for the body, right, of like, bringing back like this body is mine how do i not know this place so intimately where right. it's my body you right, know? right the most powerful so, part and so it does bring up so many things so journaling is a, a great way to also pair that practice with you know journal the things that come up the memories that come up sometimes they don't make sense they'll make sense later and then another thing that it does too is that it ignites dreaming because again dreaming is a feminine superpower right and so and so what it does is like opens up this whole other dimension of the feminine let sure, me tell you something. Release. I don't have a yoni, but if I did, I'd be doing yeah. this tonight. Well, you can still do it. It's also good for men, okay. you know. And so it's and like also, perineal steaming or something. Yes, like that. perineal steaming, yeah. and and also for you know your testes. Like it's just all that area that is so beautiful and sacred, and that we have all these things around. Like you know, it's ugly. I shouldn't touch it. It should look like this, and you know, all this. All, there's just so many layers of of ways in which we stay away from it, we disconnect or we, we, we don't value it. Yeah, powerful yes. to think about. Um, and now speaking about men, real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. We don't have a womb, <clears throat> but how about also a woman who has had her womb removed mm-hmm. or a man who wants to know, okay, do I, his man's listening, what about me, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't wanna just send this to my, my girlfriend or my wife or my mom or my okay. sister. I wanna do something for myself. Is there a, a, a similar energy mm-hmm. for men and for women who've had their womb removed? Is it the same thing? Yes, so important. So happy that you bring that up because men also have an energetic womb space. And this is, you know, has been called the Dantian, you know, the one point, there, the Hara. Um, and so there, so there is an energetic womb space of men as well. And again, for, it's not just when we're speaking about the womb, it's not just the organ, 
right? And so when a woman has had that um, also removed through hysterectomy or, or whatever the case, there is still that energetic imprint that is there. So there is still that access to that womb healing um, that can happen. And, you know, I, I love how, you know, science begins to catch up with all these things, right? And one of the things is that this, um, this uh, what is it? Uh, uh, phantom limb syndrome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. so now it's like, you removed it, but guess what? The imprint is still there. You can still feel the pain. You can still feel all of those things because again, they're on an energetic level, not just a physical level. That's so powerful to think about because yes. <laughs> on a side note with the humor, I seen, I was on TikTok the other uh-huh. day and I saw, I, I don't know why the cat had his arm amputated, but maybe he was sick or something. He had the arm amputated and he was still walking around terrorizing the dogs with a limb that doesn't even work. So he's trying to boot the dog's face with his shoulder, <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm watching and I was like, this is a phantom limb, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can imagine that energetic imprint still being there. Yeah. And, and even for us men, it's so important to just drop down. I mean, I, I had told you the womb practice that I re- recommend for my female clients, connecting to the womb, feeling it, and then starting to move the body from the womb. Mm-hmm. I also tell male clients, hey, listen, do it from your genitals. Yes. Bring all your energy there. Focus it on one point and then start moving your hips a little bit. Then move the ribs, right? Move the body. Allow yourself to express through movement Mm -hmm. from there. And um, that's, I mean, I I do it. I have like three, four songs. I got a sexy playlist that I've made for myself. So I know. You gotta share that. It's the song. I'll I'll send it to you. It's the songs that make me feel like, okay, all right, I'm feeling good in my body. Exactly like Mm -hmm. you just said. So, Interesting. So the, the steaming is something so easy, it sounds like. How long does it take? A few minutes? Yeah, it's, it's usually about 15-minute practice, like five minutes to prepare it, 15-minute practice. And it's so, and once you, you know, at first it's kind of like, mm, it, like anything that we try at first, you know, that's a little bit like off the wall. But when, you know, really giving yourself the chance to do it, it's it's something that like women are like, oh my God, I love it. It's like, going to the spa, but like for that little moment there, you know, and, and yeah, and for men as well. And like you said, because uh, even like for men, the uh, movement of the hips is not something that's encouraged, right? It's very like you walk like this and, you know, you move like this. Mm. Otherwise, you know, what are people going to say or what's all of these different just silly things that we come up with. Yeah. However, that that movement of the hips is so necessary for that sexual energy to stay in flow, to right. move, to not, you know, not just stagnate. And I want to bring this up because I, I feel it's really important and 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 I love to kind of inject it into the conversation because I feel that when we're talking about that womb space on an energetic, you know, besides the organ, but like just the energetic blueprint of our womb space, the Dantian, the Hara, you know, where, which is really no gender. It has no gender. What we're talking about is a union of energies. We're talking about the union of the feminine energies and the masculine energies within that womb space of creation. And what has happened is that the feminine energy is an energy of release, of surrender, of letting go. And the masculine is of, of uh, extracting the nourishments, of extracting things to the ideas, create, like creating things into, you know, systems and, and those different things. And 
because the way that our society is set up now, you know, and in the world that we currently live in here, for the most part in the West, what we've done is that we have forgotten about that feminine aspect of release and letting go and, you know, and surrendering. And we move that energy with the masculine energy, which is the upward moving energy, right? The one that's here to create, right. to show up, to build. And so when we're doing womb space work, whether you're a man or a woman, um, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of coming in and checking in, where is that relationship? You know, are they speaking to each other? Are they working together? Is who's running the house? You mm -hmm. know, who's running what here? And, and most of the time, again, that grief and that rage and all that, men and women feel it. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily specific to a gender. Mm -hmm. It's more so there's a deep forgetting and, and there's an anger and a rage of an energy that has been cut off from our, our knowing. And so now what we're doing is we're bringing those two poles together so that we can achieve that harmony, we can achieve that flow, and we can achieve to create from love, not just for money you know, not just for productivity, but rather to begin to create our lives, ourselves, our health, and, 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 and give things, birth things into the world that are actually coming from a place of love. Right, right, and value, giving value. to the world. Yes. For the world to feel, for the world to better. Yes. Because most of us are coming straight, masculine, achieve, how am I gonna make all this money and do all this yeah, stuff, and, right? Yeah, and grow, 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 right? right? And, 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 and again, it's not um, our fault in essence, but it is our responsibility to wake up to this, this aspect of, actually, you're, you're, we are living such a limited version of what is possible for our humanity. Yeah. So can we just make that trek, you know? It's like, it's like um, I, I, I love how, you know, we're like, well, I'm gonna go to India and I'm gonna go have this pilgrimage and you know, all that. It's like the greatest pilgrimage we can ever make is the one into the body. And that's the one we're like, oh no, no, I'll just go to India. I'll just go to Peru. I'll go and sit in the jungle for two months, you know? But, and it's like, well, if we can, come back there because I feel like the whole, even the journey to wholeness, right? The journey of healing is to come back to the body, return to the body. The returning to the body is going to return us to the earth. It's going to return us to the cycles of the earth. It's going to return us to the organic aspect of living. Mm, that's, yeah. That is the quote of the year, I'm telling you. And it's been a short year, but it'll be it'll last <laughs> a long time. It's true, right? Ex that's again, the external. Where do I go? What do I need to do? What do I need to buy? Who do I need to hire? What do I, yes. books do I need? My God, just stop for a yes. second the tornado that's outside of you and just look and just stop and go into your body and I promise you, like it's, it will unfold. You know, I think about often when you think about, uh, you talk about masculine and feminine energies, the vision that came up was the medical symbol. Do you know the medical yes, symbol? Yes. You know, it's like that big staff and. Uh, what is it, the caduceus? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of it. And <laughs> yes. I, well, I didn't, that's, that, that's like really for the conventional part of it. Uh -huh. Like, we got our own. Uh -huh. it's, probably, it's probably just a leaf and an herb or something. Okay. But yeah, they, they got the staff and then the, the snakes sort yes. of weaving in and out. And, but they're, this is crazy when I learned it. Mm. The snakes are meeting at each chakra point mm. and they're stopping at the top in union and those snakes are supposed to represent the masculine and feminine yes and i was like whoa i was yeah. like 
that's some woke shit going on in conventional yeah. medicine. <laughs> what happened to the whole field, though? It's like, yes. It's like the symbol representative yeah. of the whole, like, deepest healing. Mm-hmm. But the medicine forgot about it. It's crazy. But to yes. think about that is, like, really powerful because you're talking about mm-hmm. just that. It's integrating both, mm-hmm. right? And, and balancing both. Yes. And really what I'm seeing is so many people being just such an imbalance uh, from their masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. So many men are so imbalanced, hyper-masculine and hyper-feminine. Mm-hmm. So many women, more so than I see, hyper-masculine, yeah. right? They're just, do, 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 go, go, go. They come into, what do I have to do? I'm ready to do it. Tell me all the five things I have to do. Whoa, whoa, slow down, <laughs> slow down, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so is there, getting in the body, are you saying, is, is, is a really good way of starting to balance yourself mm-hmm. uh, and especially going down to the root? Is mm-hmm. that what I'm hearing? Yeah. For the balancing of masculine and feminine. Absolutely. And Absolutely. feeling what's there mm-hmm. and going through that trek. Mm-hmm. All the emotions. Yes, yes, because we and and we tend to think of the feminine essence as this like lovely, like kind, soft, gentle, you know. But actually, the true essence of the feminine is like uh, you know, it's like dark and creation. Like we we are created in the womb in the darkness for you know all those months, and it's it's like that. It's almost like returning to that womb space and. And, and seeing like, what am I feeling? What did my mom feel? What are the, you know, so like that's one of the journeys that I I, um, I take women on. It's like the re- returning to that womb, right? To, because in the womb, we picked up so many imprints as well. Yeah. You know, from our mother and, and again, activated so many things. And, and this is where that field of epigenetics comes in right now to, to explain what's happening there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I love that you brought up that sign, you know, because that, that or that symbol, yeah, yeah. because again, I feel like we, when we look around, the symbols are everywhere, but what's not is the wisdom, right? So it's like almost like we divorce the wisdom from the knowledge or knowledge and wisdom were divorced at some point. And, and, uh, and then we see that in religion as well. You know, you have all these beautiful images and artwork and rituals and all that, but it's completely void of the soul essence of, right. of that love affair that religion and medicine were created to be, yeah. right? It, it was like this love affair with creation, with the divine, with a holistic approach to things. And now it's like, no, let's compartmentalize everything. So that's that system, digestive system, you know, that's that system. And, right. you know, and, and, and then we're addressing them as if they were independent uh, of each other when really it's a whole queendom, I like to call it, right? Like we're, you know, it's a whole queendom and my consciousness is the the queen that is directing, that is making sure we're all fed, that is making sure that, you know, the, the queendom is at peace, yeah. right? But all these different departments are working together to bring that holistic wisdom yeah. back into being. We need to, we yes. need to in every way, not yes. just individualized, but mm-hmm. community. Yeah. social, global, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the world is really telling us that now, right? Like, look, I mean, it's, you know, it, we can look at so many things that are happening in the world, yet when we look at what's actually happening beneath all the noise, beneath all the, like, look over here and look at that and it hurts here and it hurts, like, what's actually happening? It's, it's actually calling us back home. Yeah. Look at what 2020 did. It was like, go back home. And, and the world's not the same after that, right? Because now we realize... I don't have to go to an office. 
all the time. Right. I can actually work from home. Or wow, this is who I'm married to? I didn't even know him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. or like... Yeah, that's true. That's, so there's so... And I love to see the world in that way because I feel like that's when we pick up the true things that are happening. Like, what are we being called to? We're being called to really reconnect, not just in our external communities, but like this community. Right. That right. where are they not speaking? Where, where, where is it out of, you know, harmony, like you said? Like, mm. where is that authenticity missing? And again, we realize making these journeys that all of these things, uh, we've been living these fragmented lives and we don't even know how good it can feel to be alive. You know, and like what you said that your clients say like, oh my gosh, what, what happened? You know, it's like, like dropping off this, this bag that we've been carrying that we have forgotten we're carrying it because yeah. it's just been so long. We're used to it. Yes, and in many ways, and In many ways, we're too scared to even drop it now. Yes. But if we put it on a little kid, he'd be like, what are you doing? Yes. Take this bag off of me. Absolutely. I am not free. Absolutely. I am not authentic, right? We grow and we're like, oh my God, this bag feels comfortable and it's safe, so I'm just going <laughs> to carry it. Everyone else is carrying their bag, my God. Yes. But this is the moment. And I feel we're on the precipice as a society, but definitely in medicine. Mm -hmm. I've seen the shift from when I came out of school in 2014, started mm -hmm. practicing, seeing patients. It just, it's been changing. Yeah. People are saying things that I was wishing they were saying 10 years ago. Now they're talking, oh, well, holistically, we should do this. Why don't <laughs> we talk about this more? Why are we just independently looking at the? Yeah. Now people are actually talking about energy and they're talking about Beautiful. emotions. I'm like, whoa, this is mm -hmm. like, that's why I'm like, okay, no, 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 I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to, I'm yeah. ready to help lead this yes. with people like you. So where does Anyone listening or viewing, where do they find you? I know some people are going to be like, I got to get my womb healed. I got to get on a call with her right now. How do they find you? Thank you. Thank you. Well, you can find me on my Instagram or on my website, via my website. Um, that's, you know, it's an ongoing journey of updating that website right. and doing that. But you can find me there. Email me. Um, but mostly I'm active on Instagram, so we can connect Instagram? there. What is my Instagram? Uh, Annabelle.Viscara. Okay, Viscara. Yeah. How do you spell Viscara? Because I can say it, but I don't know if I could spell it. <laughs> it's V as in Victor. This is, this is like my forever life practice, spelling it out, right? Yeah. So V as in Victor, I, Z as in zebra, C as in cat, A, double R, A. Viscara. <laughs> Viscara. Um, and, and their website, what's your website? AnnabelleViscara.com. Okay, and do you do like... Uh, online or courses mm -hmm. or manuals, anything that people can really start educating themselves? Yeah. So one of the things that um, that I like to begin with is um, uh, helping women attune to their cycle, their monthly cycle. So I have a free PDF downloadable on there just to, you know, it kind of goes week by week. And that's a really great way to start getting back into the rhythms and, yeah. and what's happening there. Um, and then, yes, I have workshops, I, I do retreats, you know, there's like a bunch of offerings that, that, are, that, that you can tune into, come visit, yeah. come give me a hug, whatever it is. I, I, I love, love that. I love, I love that you're doing this work because remember I said 10 years ago it wasn't like this. Mm -hmm. 10 years from now, they're going to be like, hey... Have you, are you guys talking about wombs? There's yes. going to be conferences about womb. Yes. You got a 20-year start on everyone over here. So <laughs> I'm so happy you're doing this work. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because... Yeah, when I started, it, it, people were looking at me like, if I was saying I'm right. an alien from this, right. you know, it's right. like... What is this like, what? stuff? Womb what? Are you trying to get pregnant? Again, that's the first thing, you know? And, right. and, and really, like, what I see is that this infertility thing that we're navigating right now 
and the and and the womb elements what it's calling is to bring back the fertility of the soul yeah. like that you know kind of what is the most fertile life you can create for yourself mm, i love it i feel it everyone go to the website mm -hmm. check out you. you know go to the instagram check it out get the vibe I'm so happy and blessed to have you here, man. It's like, um, I see us doing more work in the future some way, somehow. So, mm, maybe so. I, I'm inspired by everything that you, you talk about. And everyone go check her out. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. All right, ADHD is a very important topic. There's a lot of people suffering with ADHD. And I'm gonna do it with my fingers right here quote-unquote ADHD, all right? And I'll talk about a little bit about why I did that. A lot of my medical friends might be mad at me for that one. But look, a lot of people have it. 4.4% of adults in the United States, 5.4% of men, 3.2% of women, are diagnosed with ADHD, right? And worldwide, it's about 2.8%. And it affects 5.9% of school-aged children. According to CDC, they say it's up there around 9.8%. It's about two kids per classroom. Now, if you're listening and you suffer from this, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you have a loved one or a child, you know what I'm talking about. And it's been going up for decades. Now, why? We have to think about why. But before we do, let's understand what ADHD is. It's one of the most common psychiatric disorders, and it usually persists actually till adulthood. We hear a lot of adults say, I have ADHD. And some of the symptoms look like this. According to the Mayo Clinic, there's a behavioral aspect. Aggressive, hyperexcitability, people fidgeting, hyperactive, irritable, right? Mood changes, lack of restraint, always repeating themselves, persistent repetition, right? Cognitively, there's a little bit of absent-mindedness, right? Not paying attention, not able to focus. What about mood? Some anger, anxiety. Sometimes you'll see someone with ADHD really bored, but then really excited, mood swings, even depression. Now, I want to go over a few of the things that are going to really exacerbate ADHD before we start getting to the roots of what's driving it. So we know that diet and food is essential. We know that food is very much so influential in our mental and physical health. So the foods, these foods, disrupt your concentration and focus, right? And if you have ADHD, it's gonna get worse with these type of foods. So here are some foods that make ADHD even worse. Artificial additives, we know that. Artificial food coloring in particular is something of concern when it comes to ADHD. These are petrol-derived toxic byproducts, and they play to our evolutionary cues. Since 1955, food dye consumption has been going up five times, and there's a horrifying stat out there. 15 million pounds of food coloring have been in our food over the past year. Now, Europe, they're on top of things. They've actually halted the use of artificial food coloring for infants and children. And in 2010, they said if it contains any artificial stuff, it's got to have a label saying that it's detrimental to health. And instead, they use more natural food coloring, like beta-carotene, beets, turmeric. You ever stain your hands with turmeric when you're cooking with it, right? Now, over here, we're permitting blue one, blue two, red two, three, red 40 being one of the worst ones, orange B, green three, yellow five and six. I know in your lifetime, you've looked at a package and seen that behind what you're eating. Or hopefully not, but in my childhood, I've ate some ice creams or some candies out there and seen that. And I remember seeing uh, a color and a number and always wondering what it was and not really knowing until I got older. But as I mentioned, Red 40 has a lot of research out there showing that it causes hyperactivity in the brain. Now, most studies on the safety were done over a decade ago and consumption has been on the rise. And we're seeing these food coloring, right? These artificial food colorings causing hypersensitivity, behavioral issues, 
allergies, immune dysfunction, even tumors to the bladder, kidney, adrenal, brain, thyroid. Red 3 is one of the most implicated ones when it comes to cancers. And that's seen in popsicles, candies, maraschino, cherries. Now, here are some common places that food coloring is found. Cereals, right? Captain Crunch being one of the worst ones out there. And I used to love that when I was little. Sports drinks, sodas, fruit juices, canned fruits, M&Ms, Skittles, those are some of the worst now. But did you ever think about the surprising foods that are containing these artificial food coloring? Salmon, believe it or not, a lot of the salmon conventionally, the farmers want, are being dyed with food coloring. Yogurt, instant oatmeals, baked goods, salad dressings, pickles, vitamins. You're gonna find a lot of food coloring of vitamins like Centrum, the really crappy ones, Flintstone, the gummies, medications, of course, protein bars and protein powders, maple syrups, applesauce, popcorn, peanut butter, gravy, jerky soups, toothpaste, mouthwash. This is where we're all getting exposures to food coloring. Now, Purdue University study said they've measured numerous amounts of food coloring in all of those aforementioned foods, and they found levels beyond what is safe. These levels is beyond what is implicated in behavioral disruption. So imagine we have all of these aforementioned foods, right, and products in the house, and your child is being exposed over and over to these. Of course, we're predisposing the child to have hyperexcitability in the brain, right? Overinflammation in the brain, neurotransmitters going haywire. And this is a major reason that we have to start thinking about. And we see studies where there's significantly higher hyperactivity and intervention groups with who are being exposed to these chemicals versus placebo. We see it over and over. Other studies have reported children having sleep disturbances, migraines, jitteriness, nervousness, trouble focusing, right? Sounds like ADHD. And back to ADHD, there's a very specific criteria for it. You have to have six or more symptoms of ADHD, of inattention, actually, uh, for six months in more than one setting. And we see things like constant motion and fidgety, distraction, as I mentioned before. FDA says all the food coloring is at safe levels, but they don't account for long-term body burden. Of course they don't. They're only testing for the immediate free metabolites and do not test the bound ones that are later freed in the blood. So it's a big problem. So if a pediatrician is giving you a diet and says some of these foods is okay, you gotta go running the 100 meter dash because we know that those foods are predisposing you or your child towards ADHD-like symptoms. Sugar and simple carbohydrates, we've known this for a long time, there's a big correlation. There's a study called Dietary Patterns and Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, a systematic review and meta-analysis and pulled all of the studies together. And the conclusion was this. The study suggests that a diet high in refined sugar and saturated fat can increase the risk, whereas a healthy diet, characterized by high consumption of fruit and vegetables, right, the things that are doing the opposite of ADHD-like symptoms, would protect against ADHD or hyperactivity. Nevertheless, given the number and the design of most of the studies available in the literature that they pulled together for this study, the current evidence is still kind of weak showing the correlation between sugar and ADHD, but more studies need to be done, right? So there is a correlation. We have to think about it this way, right? Regardless, what happens when you're having a sugar rush? There's hyperactivity, right? You're buzzing, you're moving, all of the things that are gonna mimic ADHD. Another study called Sugar Consumption, Sugar Sweetened Beverages, and Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Another systematic review and meta-analysis where they pulled a bunch of studies together. And the meta-analysis indicated a positive relationship between overall sugar and sugar sweetened beverages consumption and the symptoms of ADHD. Now, they could be confounding factors, other things in the lifestyle or diet, but still, something we need to pay close attention to. So we have to also think about what causes hyper-excitability and hyperactivity in the brain. 
Well, things that are going to disrupt the brain. We know foods that contain MSG in high levels. The glutamate chemical is going to cause hyperactivity in the brain, right? Hyperexcitability, and that's going to manifest like ADHD-like symptoms. So MSG, we traditionally think of Chinese food, or when you go out to eat, a lot of the sauces that they're using contain MSG. Soy sauce contains MSG. But also we want to think about foods that are causing intolerance or allergic symptoms, like gluten or soy or eggs, especially in children. This is going to cause inflammation, increasing inflammation, increasing hyperexcitability in the brain, brain inflammation, right? So a big one, a big one that is much less talked about, but nonetheless very important, is organophosphates. What the heck are those? They're pesticides, some of the most common pesticides that are out there. There was a study in the Pediatrics Journal, and it was called Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder in Urinary Metabolites of Organophosphate Pesticides. What did they find? Their findings support the hypothesis that organophosphate exposure at levels common among United States children may contribute to ADHD prevalence. Now, more prospective studies are needed to establish whether the association is causal, but we already know that at levels that we're seeing children consuming, it's causing ADHD-like symptoms. What else do we know? There's an important study by Mark G. Weisskopf of Harvard University School of Public Health. And he was the senior author of a paper published in the Journal of Pediatrics. And what did they find? They found that at very low levels, of pesticides, much less that is even recommended or allowed, was causing ADHD-like symptoms. The study itself looked at 1,139 children from the government's National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey from 2000 to 2004. And in this study, the researchers concluded that there was a tenfold increase in the urinary metabolite coming from those pesticides that were consumed even at a low level. It was associated with actually a 55% higher risk of having ADHD. Those pesticides at a low level. I bet you your favorite food science influencer who's telling you that pesticides are okay and safe ain't talking about this. And the authors concluded that most of these pesticide exposures were coming from food. And this is why I'm so much talking about having a relationship with the farmer that you're getting your food from, right? Going to the farmer's market and asking them if they're using pesticides, visiting the farm, and more importantly, if you can't go to the farmer's market, getting a USDA organic label on your fruits and vegetables is very important. Because aside from ADHD, we know that pesticides are associated with so many issues, so many diseases, so we have to make sure we're doing the correct interventions, especially for the health of our children. What are the foods to stay away from? Talking about sugar, talking about artificial food coloring, one of the perfect storms is energy drinks. I did a whole show on energy drinks. The worst ones, the ones to stay away from, and the best ones, the ones that are much safer. Check out that show, I go in on energy drinks, but really think about energy drinks and any caffeinated, anything that's buzzing up your child or you, you wanna stay away from. What are some things outside of food that can be causing ADHD-like symptoms, right? Addiction to video games, addiction to your cell phone. Man, I went in on cell phone usage and how it affects your focus, right? Online porn, gambling, right? Anything that is really affecting your dopamine, pursuit of power, thrill-seeking. Why is dopamine important to understand when it comes to ADHD? Well, dopamine is implicated in those ADHD-like symptoms, especially when it comes to an unhealthy balance of dopamine, right? We're wanting more dopamine, we're wanting that rush of dopamine, but our body isn't making enough dopamine, right? And that's where more and more cravings are coming and that's where we're creating more addictive behavior. So what are some things to remedy that? Deep sleep, quieting the mind, more meditation, listening to grounding music, spending more time in nature, more time in the sun, that's gonna help restore your dopamine receptors, help your body's 
inherent dopamine synthesis to be created. So you're creating more dopamine and not looking for that fast dopamine hit that is depleting your dopamine. So when it comes to ADHD, there is an imbalance of that dopamine. In addition to removing the things that are imbalancing your dopamine and bringing in more meditation and sleep and nature, here are some really important foods that can help. Look, I'm sorry all you carnivores out there, but fruits and veggies are essential. Anti-inflammatory, going to be feeding your brain. Antioxidant, right? Very important to turn down that fire, especially that is happening in the brain. The inflammation that's being caused from all of these food-like products, right? Like the artificial food coloring, those inflammatory foods. You want to eat more complex carbs, right? That is going to be controlling that spike in your blood sugar. Instead of having those simple refined carbs, those sugary foods is going to be attenuating that spike in your blood sugar. Again, bringing down that hyperexcitability, hyperactivity. Healthy fats, again, to reduce that blood sugar, bring you to a healthier metabolic balance. Remember, food is really important at balancing not only blood sugar, but turning on the genes that are reducing inflammation in the body. For people with ADHD, I wouldn't recommend having caffeine, staying away from that because it's going to cause that jitteriness, hyperexcitability, all the other things. Now, all of this really brings me to something really important. I said in the beginning of the show, ADHD, and I did my quote unquote, and it's because ADHD is only a downstream symptom, right? It's not even to me a diagnosis. It is a way that your body is talking about something deeper. So if your child or you is suffering with ADHD, what's happening on a deeper level? If your child is told that they cannot be authentic or they cannot express themselves, how do you think that energy is going to come out, right? It needs to come out some way, somehow. Now, for some children, it manifests as ADHD, some as just pure anxiety, some as depression, some as compulsions, but regardless, it's more important to understand why are we looking at just the diagnosis of ADHD and not looking at what emotion is under? I keep going back to this because it's so important to understand. A child who's manifesting with hyperactivity, aggressiveness, lack of focus, jitteriness in the classroom, that's the child that I'm looking at, holy shit, what's going on at home? Why isn't this child able to express that energy in a healthy way? And why does it need to come out like this? Very important. Now, that doesn't go to say, look, the foods that I just mentioned aren't affecting the brain, right? All the pesticides, all the toxins that we're being exposed to aren't affecting the brain, not causing neurotransmitter chemical imbalances, sure. But if you have done all those things and the ADHD hasn't gotten better, what I'm telling you is that the ADHD is only protecting you from something much deeper. So I wanted to open up that deeper thought process for all of you out there if you're suffering with ADHD or even if you're suffering with just lack of focus. Very important to understand. So with that said, that was the Knowledge Bomb on ADHD and bettering your own focus. I really hope that helped. Thank you for joining the show. As always, taking the time out of your day. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Check out that swag, hts.today. We got the best non-toxic organic clothing out in the game. Enjoy. Thank you so much.